0: Cloud Imperium Games have given us a rather juicy monthly report for Star Citizen's development. It looks at what they've been working on over the last few weeks and what they are focused on now in August 2022 for Alpha 3.18 and beyond. This is a summary and highlights of that very important report. Let's start with ship development. The UK ship art team continued the grey box pass on the Argo SRV, the tow truck or tractor beam ship, finishing the exterior work and then moving on to the interior. This is a good indicator that the ship sized tractor beams are well on their way as well. We do know that Cloud Imperium have been working on them. Development of an unannounced ship continued, moving from grey box to final art. They completed a grey box pass on the cockpit, dashboard, habitation and cargo hold they also progressed the exterior hull to final art now i wonder what this ship could be it's certainly not a tiny ship and it sounds like it's going to be flight ready later in the year rather than going on a concept sale or anything the final art pass was also done on a unannounced ground vehicle so that's complete the artists then moved on to a pass of the Misk hull c now, I think the hull C is actually going to be released in Alpha 3.18, but uh, again, that's not confirmed. The white box pass began on an unannounced variant of an existing ship. The modifications to the exterior are nearing completion. A resource management pass has been started on the Aegis Hammerhead. This includes adding relays and modifications to the existing component base to make them all functional with some tweaks to their placement for balance. This is really good to see because this shows that Cloud Imperium are, again, preparing for physicalized components and the power relays and engineering and damage control making sure that ships are brought up to gold standard where possible. US Art transitioned to their final pass on the Drake Corsair while supporting system design on the grey box taking the main retro and Mav thrusters to the final stage. The port wings were also detailed and are almost ready to hand off. On the exterior the nose was further detailed and modifications were made to the decal texture to standardize the official Drake font. The team also took the interior cargo hold through to final art, with an initial lighting pass being completed throughout the interior. The features team continued to develop life support and engineering gameplay. This included work on the Misk Hull A, as it's the first ship with interactable relay points that control resource distribution. The power plant and fuel tanks now power the system using the new tech, and UI was extended to allow players to control the temperature. Per room that's pretty major features that's basically atmospheric control to some extent that is a uh, much more uh, deeper implementation of those relay systems of those um, resource distribution methods hull scraping is progressing well as well with the team focusing on creating the commodity boxes and repair ammunition at the dedicated filler stations in the reclaimer and vulture and clan Imperium confirmed recently again that the Reclaimer is also getting hull stripping for its turrets in Alpha 3.18. The UI team continued development of the new star map, improving labelling and concepting how to display space clouds in a way that looked great and performed well. Bugs were also fixed on the siege of Orison, and adjustments were made to the loadout systems in support of persistent streaming. VFX concept kickstarted pre-production on the quantum travel experience and a general quantum travel visual overhaul as well. Features, characters and weapons. The new actor movement synchronization has been enabled for um, Alpha 3.17.2. So the team um, have been sort of fixing issues specifically with extrapolation um, when a local machine tries to predict what another player will be doing. Extrapolation is necessary when network latencies prevent data from arriving regularly incorrect prediction results in players to teleport or rubber band or jitter when up-to-date data arrives from the server and it's incorrect or the, the, the previous data was incorrect as it were or the prediction was incorrect the team will continue to refine the algorithm over the coming releases and are specifically looking to improve the handling of look input synchronization for the next patch The team also started laying groundwork for FPS devices. There are already some of uh, these um, in game, such as uh, grenades and mining gadgets. But as the list of devices expands, the team wants to take a more systemic approach to ensure the setup and flow are consistent across the board. Earlier in the year, the team reported work on the code driven IK system. This system now has been combined with the dynamic hand placement feature mentioned in a previous report together. This ensures that animators have control over when to use hand placement or not, as well as tweaking some of its settings directly in individual assets. This has allowed the Maya side interface of this new IK system to mature further with several quality of life improvements. So basically, we're gonna be able to get um, various new gadgets and tools and things in-game quicker. I'm looking forward to things like deployable shields and little holograms that pretend to be people that confuse things. The Arena Commander feature team fixed issues in both Arena Commander and Star Marine, including some with map and game mode selection, scoreboards, level geometry respawning and AI spawning. Um, They said, our community has been very helpful in identifying such issues as they appear, which we greatly appreciate. Additionally, ongoing improvements were made to how quickly and easily players get into sessions. Investigation into getting PU-based locations as environments in Arena Commander and Star Marine continued. Some changes to scanning, ping and radar design were implemented for both vehicles and FPS gameplay to allow players to find and identify contacts with greater ease. We're expecting a bit of an overhaul to um, Star Marine and Arena Commander later in the year. Various tweaks were made to the engine in preparation for persistent entity streaming. They finished porting Gas Clouds to Gen 12 renderer stuff and fixed several issues, including a GPU crash related to that feature. Work began on some aspects of Vulkan with scale form functionality and particle mesh rendering in Gen 12. Progress was also made on porting refraction and light beams to Gen 12. Various improvements were made to shadows, lighting, and textures. Hair colour and specular improvements were finished for the hair shader. For jump points, the team focused on branching tunnels, which included fixing situations where the connecting segments self-intersect. It's going to be interesting to see how much of that is just visual and how much of that is actually um, sort of affected by gameplay, how much control that i have in a jump point if any the planet tech team made improvements to the world and biome builder and river placement tool collision detection was added to rastar the point of interest outpost and base building tool to prevent modules from being placed when they overlap with the geometry the physics team made several optimizations to code on the core engine side, Entity Lifetime code was adjusted for the needs of server meshing with the goal of it being easier to use as well as creating a more refined feeling of persistence. A time-sliced Entity Density Manager was implemented as a part of the reworked Entity Lifetime for server meshing. The Background Job Manager was changed to better cope with very long-running preempted background jobs to reduce runtime stalls, for example, stalls during shader compilation They spent time supporting Alpha 3.18 and bug fixing 3.17.2, especially analysing the impact of 100 player plus servers. The lighting team made a minor polish pass on Orison and fixed minor bugs across other locations. They moved on to supporting the new Sand Cave location archetype which is planned for Alpha 3.18, compared to rocky caves, sand caves um, feature more natural dappled light filtering in from the surface above to create a very different mood and atmosphere. They also completed a lighting pass on the upcoming Origin 600i and Crusader Mercury derelict crash sites, integrating the nearby settlements into the landscape and stripping out the lighting from the ships. They worked on a full lighting pass of the upcoming racing circuit being added to the Orison Convention Hall. That's an interesting one because that sounds like we're getting races at the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo this year in November potentially. That's that's what it looks like to me. There, narrative helped the development of new mission types, one of which presents a unique of narrative and design so the team began figuring out how much content would be necessary to incorporate it into the game and whether it will be scalable enough to provide variety and keep it interesting. The team met with environmental design teams to talk over pyro shops and the overall economy to help differentiate the player experience from Stanton. To help support this the team continued to work through the mocap data for the frontier vendors captured at the end of June and get it into the pipeline. Boom. That's it for your Persistent Universe monthly report update for this month. We will be covering AI, NPCs, and Squadron 42 updates, that roadmap update, in a different video over the weekend, so don't miss that. And there are loads of constant Star Citizen updates on my channel. Check those out as well. And my Alpha 3.18 new features video to find out more on that release linked below. But what do you think? Are you excited for work going on into a much larger than expected, at least larger than expected for me, Alpha 3.18 patch? When do you think we will see the much needed new star map in our hands? Do you think the whole C will be ready for Alpha 3.18? What was your highlight of this report this time? Whatever your thoughts, I'd love to hear from you in the comments below. You're on a plane. It's about to crash. Maybe you're in a jungle and a vicious predator attacks. There's a nuclear war and you're caught short on the toilet. You're drowning in shark-infested waters. How did you get here? What do all these scenarios have in common? That's right, easily preventable with the use of NordVPN.com slash Gamer. It's like the ultimate survival toolkit, but to aid in internet security and accessibility. Now I can watch my favourite Netflix and anime shows from a different country while I'm lost in the rainforest just before a tiger eats me. Thanks, NordVPN.com slash BoardGamer you can get discounts by using the links below. But please note that probably in the case of a plane crash or, you know, you're drowning, NordVPN might not be the most effective solution. Every month we have a Star Citizen ship giveaway. This month we're giving away an RSI Scorpius Heavy Fighter. This two-seater powerful heavy fighter allows you to pretend you're in Star Wars with your X-Wing. It comes with a lifetime insurance and access to Star Citizen. So even if you haven't got a Star Citizen account already, you can play the game. To be in for a chance of winning that, just comment on any of my videos made during August. A massive thank you to everyone that subscribed to the channel or just watches my content or comments and likes and shares those videos. It really genuinely does help. And if you want to go the extra mile to help support the channel, you can click on the join button under any of my videos or click on the links to Patreon. It all goes a huge way to help the channel grow and expand. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you have a great time in Alpha 3.17.2, and I hope to see you in the verse.